0: Hey, what's up, everybody? We want to welcome you back to the Soul Focus Podcast. Um, here with uh, my brother Madi. How you doing, Dustin? How you doing, brother? Man, I'm great, man. Our last podcast, we started to really get into some some really good stuff, bro. You know, and for the listeners, you know, we really started to introduce the notion of Soul focused Psychology in our last podcast, and we came up with some key principles and ideas that we need to really understand. Um, that, of course, being what does soul focus psychology mean? What does da- divine identity psychology mean? Understanding that we are divine beings. What is ego madness and how is that a barrier to, to us really living as we're supposed to live? And then we also talked about something that is fundamental to the soul focus group, which is the integration of spiritual and social consciousness and how all those principles and ideas that we just laid out, I just laid out right now, really help to unleash our lives and unleash the work that we're doing in the world in a whole new way. And so we want to, we want to jump back into where we were. You know, we left off really, you know, really starting to lay out some of the, the principles of soul-focused psychology. And so, so Mahdi, I would like you to take your time and really, really help lay out some of the, the, the guiding, underlying, foundational
1: principles of soul-focused psychology for our listeners. Uh, well, first of all, let me say hello to everybody is listening, wherever you're listening at. And we want you to know that this, you know, these podcasts are really our gift to you because we want to support your growth and development. You know, uh, a few days ago, someone asked me, what do I do for a living? And that's always been a difficult thing for me to say, what do I do for a living? <laughs> I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? So I it, has, do. It, it has changed to so many things throughout the years in terms of how I express it. And but what I what I said to them in my spirit, you know, I, you know, that voice inside of me, soul said to me, that what we do is we work with people who pretend to go to school who didn't. Mm-hmm. I love and, that and, and the person said, Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, Do you do you understand what I mean? I, I don't I'm not I don't mean that something wrong with the person, just that they pretended to go to class or they pretended to go to school when they really didn't. In other words, they pretended to grow when they really didn't grow. And then they went out into life and tried to live, and life crushed them because they didn't grow like they needed to grow. See, you got to grow to be able to hold up certain things. Mm. And when we pretend to grow, and see, that's what's so dangerous about the work that we do. When I say dangerous, when you think about social justice, this is what's been one of the biggest problems in the social justice movement. You can speak the language of social justice without doing the actual work.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. And, and people will be impressed by you speaking it. You know, the words, you know, the letters and even know the the expressions of how you say certain things to get people riled up, But uh-huh. uh, that does not at all mean you're doing the work. So it's very few languages that you can learn to speak without practicing it and, ho- and retain it. But the language of social justice or consciousness is the only language you can learn to speak without practicing. Mm. In other words, when I say practice, I'm not talking about talking it. Right. I'm talking about living it living without it. practicing yeah. it. Yeah. So the social justice movement, what we just, what we saw, because we saw it in ourselves first, that we were speaking the language but wasn't practicing. We wouldn't walk. We wouldn't walk in the walk and talk in the talk, as they say. What we saw was that this was rampant in the social justice movement. Right. And we knew that it was because of the, the lack of integration of social and spiritual consciousness. They must come together, and we can't impress upon you enough how important it is for those two uh, to come together, because as they come together, they represent the opportunity for us to get into what we call our super consciousness. Mm. But that's a whole nother subject, right? Right. I mean, right. We, you know, talking about the super consciousness is, is something that people need to prepare to really be the, to be able to hear, because, you know, you have to do some work in the integration and in integration work in order to grow and develop, to be able to conceptualize some of those concepts, right? Right. So but we saw this in the social justice movement, and we knew that we had to bring something because, first of all, we had to bring it to ourselves. When we started practicing ourselves, it started transforming our lives, and then we were being held accountable to a higher standard. Right? Right. So soul-focused psychology is going to take you to a higher standard because as you're moving to express yourself whole and complete, showing up whole and complete in the moment, what it does, it puts you at a whole nother energy, energy uh, level. When I say energy, we spell it I-N-N-E-R dash G, capital G, energy, in a gangster, in a god, in a genius, in a uh, whatever you could say. In a greatness. In a greatness, all that inner, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So when you show up whole, you're showing up with your energy at a higher level than when you show up incomplete. And in most cases, you know, if you think from a scale from one to ten, ten being the highest scale in energy, one being the, the, the least energy. When we show up talking it, but not practicing it, we we never get up above five in on the scale in energy.
0: So, so, so my dear, as you say that, I really want our listeners to be able to differentiate in their lives, right this in this moment as they listen to the podcast. Cause I, I cause I know for a long time I really, really believed that I was showing up practicing it. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. What 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 what's a litmus test that our, our listeners can apply to their lives where they're showing up with the with the right language and you know the right dates and the right history and the right political beliefs? So what's, what's a measurement they can use to see if they're really practicing?
1: That's a that's a that's a beautiful question. That's why we are partners, because, you know, you see what I don't see and I see what you don't see. And because I think that's that's so critical. Here's straight to it, because I want you to get that it's not at all personal what we're talking about. This is universal stuff. Right. Right. Because we both have been there. Right. Right. Exactly. So we got in tune with universal laws and principles that helps us to understand how things function. And we made a decision to get in line with it. But how it shows up and ego mad. You see, the ego has a one objective and it's the only objective the ego can ever have. And that is to get you to show up incomplete. Mm. To get you to miss class. Right. <laughs> Your ego right. is like it's like that the, the kid that don't want to go to school. They're always trying to get you not to go to school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. Yeah.
1: They, they Their life is fucked up already. So they're trying to get some misery company. Uh-huh. So they, what they do is try to distract you from going to class. And so what happens is, imagine, you don't go to class, but you tell your mama you went to class. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You feel what I'm saying? And then when the report card comes, boom, <laughs> guess what? You got all Fs.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So
1: that's that's how ego madness is. See, ego, first of all, is trying to get you to show up incomplete so you can get all those incompletes on your report card. You're not even going to have an F. Do you know a incomplete is worse than an F?
0: I do. I do. I've had many of them over my life.
1: Yes, In the I universe, the incomplete is worse than the F. It would have been better for you to have failed a hundred gone a hundred than not show up at all. Right. And every time we talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk, we are not showing up to class. We're getting incompletes. Here's how you know you you're you making incomplete. When you are focused on pleasing people, you're making incomplete. Mm. When you are focused on impressing people, you're making incomplete. When you are trying to prove stuff to people, you're gonna create incompletes. Criticize people, you create incomplete. Competing with people, com- you, what you're doing is creating imp- incomplete. So if you look in your life and you see yourself always trying to please people, not even always, but enough for you to notice. Right. If you see yourself, you know, comparing yourself to people all the time, always comparing yourself. And that's something that a lot of people do. We compare ourselves. Not just to see the difference, but we compare ourselves to other people to assign value sometimes to ourselves and the other person. Sometimes yeah. we are lower than that person. Sometimes we assign a value that makes us greater than that person in our mind. Right. But all of these habits, what we call ego madness habits, they guarantee that you're not going to show up fully present. Right. Because if I'm comparing myself, when I walk into a place where I'm going to have to communicate and whatnot, I'm already thinking to myself who to be. How should I be? All of that is what happens when we are not fully present. Because for you to think about how to be who you should be means that you're in the future. Mm -hmm. And that future is based on a past of you not seeing yourself as being whole and complete. And so then you go, you step right back into the same space over and over again. And you then enter into the moment incomplete in your mind, not in reality, but in your mind, your mind, which is ego in this case. It's getting you to see your life as being not good enough. It's not enough. There's something else you need, something else you need. And so that puts us on the path to ego madness and in the ego madness world.
0: Right. And, you know, my deal was scary about that because as you're talking, I can I can remember not too long ago when the majority of my life was either judging or connecting to the trauma, pain of the past and reliving that stuff. Or projecting to, well, when I do this, when I get that, when I achieve this, I'll be this in the future. And, you know, the scary part of that is we can live our
1: whole life that way and die, never have lived in the moment, never really lived our life. Mm. Mm. What you, that's a mouthful right there, D, because I know I lived 30 something years and I had very few fully co- fully complete experiences. Right. My life was full of incompletes. Everywhere I turned was a fucking incomplete. And you know, the universe is like, you know, is the teacher, and it's like, uh, 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 M, when you go, when you go turn the people in, when you go complete this assignment.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm,
1: I'm making, I'm making excuses. I remember in college, you know, people listening to make them laugh. I, you know, to graduate, there was a course I had to take. It was called Statistics Two Hundred One. Hmm. And Statistics Two Hundred One <laughs> had the worst reputation on campus because <laughs> the professor who who taught it was supposed to be like real stern, mean, and he didn't play. So I took as many electives as I could to stall from having to take (laughs) statistics to a point until it got to the moment where I could not take any more electives. I took in all the basket weaving courses I could take. I had no choice but to face up to statistics. So I go to the class. The first day in class, there are 200, about 200 students in the class, a big class. I'm like, Lord, I'm a drowning all these people, you know? Right, so he comes out with a big old thick, like almost like a book size. Uh, what you call that? Uh, Curriculum? syllabus. Syllabus.
0: Mm-hmm. Syllabus. Yeah.
1: And he slams it on the on his on his podium, and he says, "This is the syllabus. Pass it out." Man, my heart dropped. I'm like, "Oh <laughs>
0: shit! I
1: know I ain't passing statistics."
0: <laughs> <Fun>.
1: <laughs> so that was it. Was a Monday, Tuesday, a Monday, uh, Wednesday, Friday class, right? Uh uh-huh. So when I came back on that Wednesday. Fifty students had dropped the class. <laughs>
0: wow! Wow! See,
1: I would have dropped. I swear to you, I would have dropped if I if I could have dropped. If I had somebody more elected to. Yeah! 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 I would have. I would have dropped. So I came in on that when we came back on that Friday, a hundred had dropped. Wow! When we came back that next week on Monday, it was down to fifty people in the class. Wow! He walks out. He knew this was going to happen because it happened almost every semester. Mm-hmm. He walks out to his podium, takes out a one sheet of paper. Lays it on his podium very softly and kindly, and he says, "Now this is the real syllabus." He says, mm. "I guarantee." This is what he says. I guarantee you, you this is going to be the funnest class you've ever taken at this university. I was uh, like, "What the fuck,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> bro?" I was so glad I I didn't I didn't I didn't quit because I, I because the fear of the possibility of what everybody was saying that was based upon. It the past which even wasn't even real mm-hmm. and based upon the future that I was thinking about I was going to meet up with because of everything they said if I didn't stay present enough to stay in that class I wouldn't have completed that class right right and what we, that's what we do every day every we day. time travel into the past or time travel into the future and the reality is no one ever makes it to the future when you get to what, whatever you call the future right now it will be the present It will be right now, so don't don't even trip with that. But so many places in our life, we keep showing up like that. I would say, if I had to give a percentage, I would say the average person spends 95 to 98 percent of their life uh, time in the past and in the present. I mean, in the past and the future.
0: And we miss all the beauty that can happen right now. Yes, Mm -hmm, right. And this world has told us told us a a huge lie that life cannot be beautiful. Has socialized us to be in that in the past or the future, right? right? And so, so much of soul focused psychology is for us to really live the most beautiful lives that we can live. And and, and Madi, I want to just say, man, I, I'm so happy that you told the story you told because you know the next podcast. You know, so many people have asked me about you and want to know about you. And I, you know, I try to tell them what I can tell them, but I'm like, you need to talk to that brother. But what I want to do in the next podcast is because you, you've been my mentor, my teacher, and really helped me to absorb soul-focused psychology into my life. And I want to I take the listeners on a journey on our next podcast to really understand a little bit more of your history and who you are and what got you to the point that now you're leading such a powerful, powerful uh, uh, company as a soul-focused group. And so, listeners, stay tuned, because we're going to jump right into a, to a biographical history of, of Brother Mahdi's story. And as always, we thank you for listening. We love you. Yes.